0: And welcome back to our faithful followers and greetings to our newly attending audience. We're so glad you're joining us for episode six of Divergent by Design, a podcast that is dedicated to exploring the ways that you can use universal design for learning in your classroom. My name is Lynn Kleinmeyer, and I'm joined today by my effervescent collaborator, Jonathan Wiley.
1: Hi, Lynn. How are you?
0: (laughs) Excellent. You're not going to comment on the effervescent. I chose it just for you, my friend.
1: You know, I really appreciate that you chose it just for me, but I am starting to not be surprised by the vocabulary that you are putting down on this show.
0: <laughs> I know, I do have a, a penchant for language. I, I, I get to be a little bit verbose, so
1: the pressure's on now to keep this up for the remaining episodes and uh I was I afraid will have you were gonna to say that. Similarly articulate in episodes to come, I think. Oh nice gauntlet. Dropped. So where are we today?
0: All right. So today in episode six, we are really focusing in on uh, that whole idea about maintaining motivation, um, which is really that circling back to engagement. And so today we're looking at really focusing on sustaining effort and persistence. So that's what we're grounding our conversation in.
1: Yeah, so for this one, if you are following along with your handy UDL guidelines next to you as I'm sure you all are, you know, we're we're coming down here to the the middle of the the grid here. We're moving into the part of the guidelines labeled as build. So, we're kind of working through this gradual release model, isn't that right, Lynn?
0: Yeah. So the the intentional design of how the guidelines were put together is that, as Jonathan just said, it's a progression. It's a gradual release. So one of the things that you might become aware of, um, if you haven't already, is that you're going to hear us referring back to or repeating some things that you might have heard In some of our previous episodes, and that's because of that interconnected nature of the UDL guidelines. You know, although we're looking at each component in isolation, um, in each episode, that's really not how it's intended to be. It's supposed to be connective and cyclical and, um, as Jonathan also mentioned, this gradual release. That first level that we were in um, was really talking about in that access level about some of the things that teachers can do to set the stage. And now we're moving into that piece of now we're really working on being in partnership with our students um, as we're hopefully uh, then as we circle back in that next round talking about how we relinquish that ownership to them.
1: So we're not being repetitive per se, we're just circling back, making connections and all that good stuff, right?
0: Because sometimes these ideas are really, really important ideas to continue to surface because the more times you hear something, um, it's maybe going to land in a new way or at that moment where you, it kind of makes that light bulb go off for you. So that's why sometimes you're going to hear us circling back and referring to our other episodes.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the light bulb does go off for us quite a lot, even, even when we are recording because, you know, as much as we plan for the things that we would like to talk about and share in this episode, we naturally, you know, we'll share stories um, on the fly and that does make connections for us and that's just how learning works and I'm sure how it's working for you as well as a listener.
0: Or at least that's what we hope. So, one of the things that we do want to also highlight here, you know, we really are um, circling back to that engagement piece where we're really reminding students of the why and we're inviting them into that learning process to kind of start to own the learning process for themselves. But we're kind of in this in between stage where we are transferring that ownership. And part of this really truly is about building stamina. For students. And when you think about that sustaining effort and persistence, it's also a little bit about building some resilience um, to be able to kind of power through and continue um, to work through obstacles when they arise.
1: All right. So let's talk maybe about the first one that we are approaching here, and that's the idea of goals and objectives. So just you know, thinking about beginning that learning process with the end in mind. And I think, you know, we had this conversation (laughs) off air, Lynn, about uh, giving an analogy to explain what this might mean in terms of how it can be more relevant for students would be that, you know, when I'm taking long road trips with my family in the car, you know, it's that old cliche of are we nearly there yet? And Are we there
0: yet? Are we there yet?
1: One of the biggest things that helped uh, stop some of those uh, questions for my kids in the backseat was that we finally got a car that had uh, CarPlay in it. And so it had our map and our navigation and our route on the screen there. And the kids could just look over our shoulder and see, oh, OK, it's an hour and 30 minutes until the destination. It's 45 minutes until the destination. <laughs> and so it's having that end goal in mind, knowing that, it is there somewhere and that it's not just some undetermined point somewhere along your learning journey or your driving journey in that case that it it is there and it it's in sight and you know i do the same myself i know when i go on um, international flights, one of my most common things to do is to change the channel on the back of the the TV uh, on on the seat to be the map of the plane so that I can see how far along the journey we are and I will admit that's mostly because <laughs> i 'm not the most comfortable um, airline passenger there are, but I like to know that you know oh we 've only got two hours left or we 've got four hours left or we are over the water right now um,
0: it makes it manageable for you to know okay i've this is what i'm kind of going through and enduring and and that like you said, there's an end in sight. And you know, I, I think about for myself as a runner, I do the same thing. It's mm. like, okay, what? My goal is I was supposed to be running a 5K. And then like just at that moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I'm going to make it to look down at my phone and realize, oh, I only have a quarter of a mile left. And to have that like a little bit of self talk of like, okay, you can, you can power through, you can do this because you, you're so close. Those same ideas are super important to keep in mind in the classroom. You know, the first component of engagement we talked about being super um, explicit about the goals or the standards that you're addressing and kind of the understanding of where um, students are going, this is about circling back to that and making sure that kids understand um kind of where they are in this learning journey. I feel like both of our examples were very journey example kind of moments. And so, I mean, that's uh, to carry this metaphor all the way through to the classroom. It's this idea of helping um, students to see, okay, here's where we're going and here's how I'm going to get there. And so with that, when we think about that in the classroom and what that looks like, it could be as simple as showing the students the rubrics um, that show what mastery looks like.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there by by saying um, you know sometimes it's it's not just about you know knowing that the end is in sight and that it is there, but it's how to get there. What are the steps that I'm going to take along the way in order to to achieve that mastery? So yeah really important things for, for students, just for their peace of mind and just for uh, part of their their learning evolution.
0: Well, and I think about learning progressions. You know, a yeah. lot of the schools that I work with, they're talking about the learning progressions um, in terms of the standards that they're working for. And sometimes that's um, used as a teacher tool, but it could be really powerful when we're putting those progressions in front of students because, you know, that whole idea of harnessing the power of yet Like you're not there yet, but here's where you are on the journey and the next pieces that we need to put in place in order for you to, to get to that mastery level. So it's kind of, um, being explicit about those things so that students understand that you're in it for the long haul and that this, it's not expected to be, um, something that they are, you know, overnight understanding and mastering, which once again, kind of helps kids buy in and feel okay with, the fact that it's it's not it's going to become part of a learning process.
1: So maybe part of that uh, journey could be about um, students setting goals for themselves, and maybe more importantly, being able to revisit those goals and. Come back and make sure that they are still on the right track, and that they didn't take a detour off some side road somewhere. We're gonna just drive this analogy
0: all the way (laughs) through, all the way home, friends, all All the way
1: home. So, student goals. What what have you got to say about that, Lynn?
0: Well, I think one of the things that you just said that really I think is super important, and in full transparency, both for myself in the classroom and sometimes for myself as an instructor now, that idea of taking the time to revisit um, and check progress on those goals of maybe the ones that I set uh, for us as participants in in a class or a course, for example, or that the students wrote for themselves, holding the space for them to reflect on where they are and where they're going and and even looking back at where they've been and celebrating some of those things and breaking things down into those little sub-goals. You know, that's something that I'll be totally transparent. That was a downfall that, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes, if if we could go back and do it all again. You know, those are those things that um, I would maybe challenge myself to spend a little bit more time doing because I know that there's such value in that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, having those goals visible and in front of you, I know there is, there's research that shows that, you know, if you just think to yourself, I have a goal of going to the gym every week. Okay. But if you actually write that goal down and you have it in a visible place where you're going to see it on a daily basis to get those constant reminders of those things, it, it, it sits better in your brain and it's more likely to be something that you achieve.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and breaking it down like I want to run, because we're gonna go back to the, you know, journey. You know, we're yeah, gonna write but, that metaphor, you know. Well, let's go back. I, there. I, I want to run a five K. Well, it doesn't happen by magic. So like what are the steps that we're gonna to take to get us to that end goal? It's the same thing when you're talking about the standards in the, your class or the content, um, whether it be a skill. Or a concept that you want students to have a deep understanding or to, um, if it's a skill, be able to do. You know, like, how are you going to get them to that point? And so really kind of making all of that super visible and tangible and to actually go back and look at it. Those are huge.
1: Let's continue our journey (laughs) of motivation. (laughs) And think about uh, maybe how we as teachers can help vary some of the demands we're making of our students to try and get the, the level of, of, of challenge to be appropriate for all of our students. Because we, we work with students who are going to have all kinds of different um, abilities. And we want to make sure that each student is challenged at their own level.
0: Right. It's like meeting kids where they are. Because obviously the, go- the, the ultimate piece of a goal is that it is a challenge. It's something you're t- attempting to attain. So we circle back to this idea of like, how can we scaffold um, and provide some of those resources um, to meet our students where they are? And so Jonathan and I, um, we read a book together um, that's called Dive Into UDL. That's by Luis Perez and Kendra Grant. And one of the things that we really appreciated is this was a model of how to really amplify this in practice. So um, in the book, their basic goal is for us to understand UDL. It was kind of an introductory book and they were very intentional within each chapter, you could determine as a reader, it was kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure here, Mm -hmm. to enter the conversation at whatever was most appropriate for you. So they had, of course, I love a good theme. So, Luis and Kendra, I'm giving you a shout-out right now that the whole dive into UDL kind of went with the swimming motif here. So there was a weighed-in section. So if you were kind of new to a concept, that you were able to kind of start at kind of the beginning. There was a shallow swim if you had some familiarity, but you wanted to kind of go to that next level. And then there was a deep dive, which I also shout out for alliteration on the last two friends. But that's where you could really deepen your understanding and maybe extend if you already had familiarity. So what could this look like in Action in the Classroom?
1: Yeah, so I think there's lots of ways that we can, you know, talk about how to find um, appropriate challenges for for students. I think in my brain, one of the first things I go to are, you know, maybe some online tools like uh, Newzella or Tween Tribune where you get um, a text that you can give to students, but it gives you an option of like four or five different lexile levels that you could reduce or increase the text complexity on. So that, you know, your whole class is reading about the same story and you could have a conversation about the themes in that story or ask them some comprehension questions about that story. But the students in your class can all read it at a level that is, you know, going to be appropriate for them and a good challenge for them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, another literacy example, because I, you know, of course, that's the the lens with which I bring um, to this conversation. but. Uh, I think about Britannica online, which is one of our online resources. Um, It has kind of that same idea, Jonathan, where you can have a student read an article, say about giraffes, for example. And that same concept that Luis and Kendra showed in their professional book is Alive and Well in Britannica, where the students can choose um, to kind of adjust the reading level. And so if a student has Little familiarity with drafts, maybe they choose to kind of level down, which pairs down uh, the uh, amount of information and gives kind of just the the most important fact kind of things. Then there's level two, which goes a little bit deeper, and then level three, which is kind of like really I'm going to extend and we're going to go into the biological components and you know so it really kind of addresses that um, thinking about building that concept in a way that's meaningful and appropriate for the students. And I'm going to give Emily Logan another shout out. She's one of our math consultants at the AEA. And I think about um, just listening with her at a recent math uh, professional learning opportunity. She was talking about, you know, your standards for math. Um, if that standard is feeling like it might be a stretch or a reach for students and too much of a challenge, that thinking about, okay, so could you have them use manipulatives? Could they um, tackle that concept with a drawing? So it's it's once again... Um, changing things a little bit so that you're varying the demand and the resources in order to still scaffold and get the kids to whatever um, that that goal, that end goal really is, but in a way that's meaningful so that they don't look at what you're asking them to do and kind of, quite frankly, shut down because they feel like it's too hard. You're giving them ways to kind of enter into the learning um, that's really honoring them.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And maybe another thing we can we can speak to here that's also linked in the UDL guidelines is you know that idea of having a community of learners together because I think students are more motivated when they have the chance to, to work with their peers sometimes. Because as we know, that learning is a, is a social endeavor and that, you know, they're not always going to be collaborating and working together, but making sure that they feel a part of a learning community in your classroom helps them feel motivated to engage in the learning.
0: Well, and it's, I mean, and let me be super transparent about myself as a learner. I mean, we're going into the psyche of Lynn Kleinmeyer here, but things that I've learned about myself is that, I need thought and accountability partners. And it's deeply motivating to me, um, first of all, because I have a fear of letting people down, so it's nice to know (laughs) that somebody's going to help me kind of keep going. Sure. But also um, that idea of I need affirmation of my thoughts or I need somebody to help me push on my thoughts, especially when I'm wrestling with something. I definitely uh, appreciate that about you because – Oftentimes we get into like really deep conversations that we really struggle through and try to make meaning of the UDL guidelines, for example. And in that exchange of ideas, it both affirms my thinking and challenges my thinking and and gives me that motivation to kind of keep going and want to learn more. And that I think that's true of our students in the classroom, true, too, that they need <laughs> to to have um that, that community to help build their understanding of things, but also that affirmation that they're not alone, that the struggle is real sometimes, and that you're not alone in that struggle.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes when, you know, we put kids in groups to collaborate and things like that, we're we're doing it, you know, around a standard or a goal or an activity, but we're also doing it to try and, you know, Give them some group work skills. I'll use some of your air quotes from a previous episode there. <laughs> but yeah, we, we don't always think about it as, you know, fostering that, that community in the classroom and, and having those examples and experiences so that when they do grow up, they're doing things like you and I do at work by, you know, bouncing ideas off each other or helping keep each other um, accountable for our reading and, and other things on there too. So yeah, it's another great way to help um, bring those skills to the forefront.
0: Yeah. And, and part of that, um, both with that community piece, but then as you think about, too, um, that feedback that they're getting from their peers, but mm-hmm. also the feedback that they can get from us as instructors, too. This is a really important time for you as an instructor to give feedback and give it often, but <laughs> here's the caveat, you know, we really have to um, be careful that it's meaningful feedback about the process and the progress. And so I'm going to circle back to what we were talking about, about um, the rubrics or the the learning progressions and helping model and um, help kids build some of those uh, reflective or metacognition practices um, in order to kind of keep them going and knowing that they're moving forward and that they're not stuck and, um, really uh, helping them figure out where to go next. Those are those really valuable pieces of feedback. I will also be, once again, super transparent. Those are the, the pieces of feedback that sometimes I struggle with, um, to give that meaningful feedback, but it's really helping, um, to kind of continue moving the learning forward in a way that's meaningful for kids and helping them think about where they are in that process
1: the UDL guidelines talk about feedback that encourages perseverance. It focuses on efficacy and self-awareness. But as as an instructor, you know, we know that students are going to get the most out of feedback when it is frequent and it's timely and it's specific. And, you know, sometimes that does take a little bit longer than just writing, great job, keep it up, or those kind of, you know, uh, comments on the bottom there but if we really want students to try and um, and, and learn and, and improve and evolve because of you know the time we've taken to go through and, and comment on their on their work, then yeah it really needs to be frequent and timely and specific.
0: Yeah and you know it's, it's wonderful like when you said that timely piece, it's wonderful when you can um, intervene where you see that moment. Of struggle, right. you know, there's yep. this this beautiful sweet spot of productive struggle, um, where you allow students to kind of grapple with things, and maybe they're working with their partners, you know, kind of going back to that community piece, but where they're really kind of grappling with a challenging concept or idea, um, but then being able to step in and helping them learn about that productive struggle and how they can use not only um, what they're learning about the struggle itself, but then also how they can you know, process and, and move forward with their understanding of whatever concepts, you know, that, that wonderful sweet spot moment um, can be really, really powerful.
1: It reminds me, and I'm, I know it's going to remind you the same, I'm sure, but James Nottingham's learning pit, where <laughs> yes. you have all those different moments on a, on a learning uh, curve. And there's going to be times where they're at the bottom of that pit and they're like, I don't know how to get out here. And sometimes maybe your feedback is going to be enough to help them think, Think about and go back and retrace their steps and think. Oh, that's where I fell down, and that's how I ended up in the pit. And and now I know how to climb out and and do what I need to do to show mastery of, of this standard.
0: Right. Well, and you think about once again. We've we've. I feel a little bit like a broken record here about this gradual release, but this it's a wonderful moment to um, really model some of those reflective pieces and and help dig uh, deeper. And, and provide some reflective questioning so that you're laying that groundwork for self-regulation, which is kind of that next level of the engagement um, that we will circle to in, a, in an upcoming episode. But, you know, you're really laying that groundwork. And this is a wonderful moment where that feedback can also be feedback about their thinking and, and helping them process through as well.
1: Yeah, so to quickly sum up then, uh, motivation is most prevalent when uh, you are thinking about goals and objectives for students, when you are varying the challenge and helping students be able to self-select on uh, what would be appropriate challenges for them. When we are fostering collaboration and community inside of our classrooms and and looking at, you know, the, the impact that feedback can have on motivation too. We want to make sure that feedback has positive impact on our motivation. So and I think that takes us through to our challenge for this episode, Lynn.
0: Yes. Okay. So this episode was really about that sustaining effort and persistence. We're going to challenge you to make time and make space for yourself and for students to revisit your goals and your sub goals, celebrating some progress while you're still on the journey so that you can figure out what's next in order for you to really sustain your effort and your persistence.
1: I think that's great. And it's especially great that you uh, continued our metaphor of the journey all the way through to the end of the podcast.
0: You're welcome. And
1: here we are at the end, ready to finish our journey for today.
0: We hope that this conversation and the challenges, the episode itself have all provided you with some grounding and will help you keep growing. Our music for the podcast is What's the Angle by Shane Ivers of SilvermanSound.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license.